Yeah. Why can't we start every segment with the three, two, one? Like I just showbiz. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm to gonna cut this anyway. Yeah. Cut this very game. cool. Very cool. Oh, I am, but I, I just trying to get people. A little you don't bit loose. say. You don't <laughs> say two and one. <laughs> it is. I do gonna miss it. Right. Countdown for the recording, guys. Ready. Three. Three. Two. Is that from Wayne's World? It's showtime. Welcome to Three Little Men and and One Podcast, where it's actually uh, Four Little Men. Um, today's today's episode, tonight's episode. This is a late night yeah. episode. There's been a lot three of three men and a little late. Three three men and a little late. There's there's been a lot of salads. Uh, there's been a lot of drinks. You know, some more than others. But today's topic, today's topic, without further ado, is uh, is college. Something that all four of us here did okay in. But somehow, you know, got through. Uh, some of us had different ways in. Uh, I think Mitch applied with like a crayon on a piece of paper from military. <laughs> a few of us came the old-fashioned way, and then you know, a few of us came from community college. Um, and so, to sort of kick it off with a quote, you know, I believe I like to set the tone a little bit for what's about to come. Uh, Aristotle once said that the roots of education are bitter, but the fruit is sweet. Nice quote, isn't it, guys? All right. Yes. So, were you, just to be clear, were you waiting for a laugh? No, no I wanted you to think about it. This is all, uh, this is all uh, about you. I want, I'm encouraging. Oh, we're thinking about it. So what I'm trying to do and what I want to build discussions on, I have, a, I have a series of questions to stimulate our banter, if you will. And what it comes down about is I've, I've isolated what I believe are the uh, university experience as, as, as I see it. And I want to bring up some stats again, to stimulate conversation. Um, to Nothing more stimulating than some good stats, man. I love stimulating stats and fucking numbers. Okay. It's kind of a bitch. Fucking railroaded. Um, the one just like the pebble on the train tracks, the derails. It takes one penny. It takes That's one it. penny, you That's know, it, no, you did great, you did great though, Jay. You did great. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. I'm flying blind over here. I'm good. Okay. And so to give better introduction to the people out there that obviously are listening and know us, uh, all four Thank of you, us- Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne. Five-star rating. The four of us actually all used to live together. And so that provides with uh, a really unique experience. Like we all four obviously went to UCLA, a very uh, sort of well-known uh, university in the world. So we actually are- Brag much? Fuck. <laughs> you don't have to stop. He's, he's bragging. He's power through. Yeah. You gotta. You ever. You ever see the movie Snowpiercer, Jarrett? You really need it. <laughs> you should take some notes, man. Just keep. We're we're gonna be the snow in your way. Just just keep just keep going. What constitutes a real college experience? That is the the first topic of today. And like I said, I've I've isolated a couple of things. You know that I think, and I want to hear you guys elaborate on is uh, sort of the college experience. I think when the college experience is broken down, it sort of sits in what I would consider two planes. And I think that is the social experience and the actual education experience, right? And so on, on the social side, we have what I would consider um, you know, life on campus. I think one of the big draws, and I think one of the things that we'll get to a little bit later that COVID's taking from kids is this sort of ability to live on a campus and inside of a greater community at large. Um, with, that in, with that in mind, and 
I had never lived in the dorms. So, and I don't think Danny it's a either. Big experience. So that's it's a fantastic experience. So, what I wanted to hear from, I think, Mitch and Dave, how important do you think that dorm experience was to your overall college experience? Dave, you want to go first? Because you did yeah. the more traditional route, right? You just went to college straight out of high school. Yeah, but the the interesting thing, none of us had like a. I don't think any of us were exposed to dorms as like our first time living with other people in a big way. And what I mean by that is that like, I went to a fucking boarding school in England. So the best part of the dorm experience was just having your friends around all the time. And that's what, that's what we had in high school, which was great. And so college was just more of a continuation of that for me. Um, obviously the difference being that there were people of the opposite sex right around, mm-hmm. which is obviously different than our weird, uh, <laughs> Did they, live on the same, <laughs> did they live on the same floor? I, I honestly, like, I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. So they'd be in separate, um, basically separate buildings for, uh, for the boarding houses for obvious reasons. Um, late, three men and a little late. Going well. <laughs> um, but so, but yeah, I mean, it was still much the same. Like it was delightful just having friends around all the time. I think the nice thing about the dorms too, especially your freshman year dorms, is that like you kind of have a free pass to be idiots. Like we did some really stupid shit in our freshman year dorm. As did like pretty much a, stupid from the range of like throwing dry ice bombs out the window and scaring people in that weird trail behind an ev, uh, to just like innocent things like piggyback races down the hole, you right. know. And that like as stupid as that is, it was so fun just getting to be idiots in that kind of innocent dumb ways. without yeah, like repercussion. You know what's yeah sad? without repercussion and without or like judgment. also without judgment but also like we're not we're not hurting anyone with this being dumb but it's not like i could i couldn't just go out to like the random footpath in our complex and like give jen a piggyback and run squealing <laughs> down the thing and not be judged for it yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just yeah. it's just part of your guys's sort of couple them i did the sad part is when i and i know i'm getting older when you said piggyback races the first thing that popped in my head was like that back I was like, that young back. Yeah. Oh, his, his, ha- his hammy is not going to recover from this. I immediately was like, you better have stretched. Six injuries wow. later, Dave's yeah. not the same person. <laughs> Watch out for that concussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mitch, what's, a, what's what your is a dry ice bomb, though? I'm, I'm just curious. What's a dry ice bomb? What is a dry ice bomb? Is it really uh, as simple as it might sound? You be, Yeah, I mean, you get some dry ice from the grocery store. You put it in like an empty two liter bottle, bottle. Yeah. yeah or smaller we actually did it with smaller which was much more risky looking back at it but um yeah you put some dry ice in the plastic bottle you i think you can either mitch correct me if i'm wrong but you either put some water in or not it doesn't really matter but the key thing is you just seal the bottle and throw it and with the dry ice giving off gas and expanding at some point you need just a little bit of water yeah mm. right to accelerate Start yeah, that process, it, it, yeah. Um, i think you yeah. and i did one at um our apartment is you and me or me and Ryan? One of the it guys. was definitely Ryan. Ryan was the entire dude. It uh, went reason. off. Car alarms everywhere. We yeah. we upset the tennis bros. Not the know. tennis bros. Yeah, man. Well, Mitch, what about your experience, lady? Like, did you? I know that you. So, Mitch, you got in into a little bit older, and if I remember, you were the you were he the does most things older. In fact. Yeah, he, he was <laughs> he was running a smuggling ring for all the underage kids, right? Yeah, well, so like I agree with Dave, like none of us had the traditional straight out of high school experience. Like I first lived in the dorms in the military, right? So I had my experience kind of there, being like nineteen and whatever. But um, yeah, no, I was twenty two, um, and I had the option to not be in the dorms and i said fuck it i want the whole college 
Kit Kat and Caboodle. I want to be in the dorms. So they shoved me in there with two 18 year olds. I'm 22. And I was like, guys, let me tell you about the world. And then, you know, um, I would never admit to um, supplying underaged kids, but I personally had some bevies and it was allowed as long as it wasn't visible. Right. Is I, that- don't think, I, don't, I don't think it was for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think many things are allowed if they're not visible. That's usually a pretty good pretty sure like, that's, first, that's first indicator that they're not legal. actually allowed. Yeah. They the can't dorms, see it. They don't know the about it. Where you, like, you started the habit of only showering every four days? Was that what like, built it? That was definitely no. the military. That was yeah. Military. That was more military, I think. Uh, I mean, I shower. I shower all the time. I was so angry every single time you guys went to the bars, and I could not touch Yep. That potential. We never provided him with any. So ditch. Yeah. There's such it, there's such a level of hatred still within me that you guys would just leave. And you guys would, you know, we'd all have our fun beforehand. And you just go like, just by the way, you. and I told my daddy. <laughs> just left. <laughs> all right, daddy, it's been fun. Because that's a that's the thing about UCLA oh, wrong, UCLA is I'm like you would that. you would party in the apartments for the longest time that the pregame was basically like an entire night out and then we would just go so we get you so riled up oh and then just leave party just blue, blue balls off. blue balls of like party yep. emotions yeah well, what like, would the you worst do part is they come back sometimes people would come back uh-huh. and be like can you believe what happened sometimes Dude, you know, and you sometimes they come back. Sometimes you have a tortilla cheesecake. Tortilla cheesecake. <laughs> There's so many. Honestly, the best part about going out in Westwood was you're either I hate to say this, but you're either gonna go home with somebody and that was fun and that was exciting, or I was gonna get a Korean barbecue style burrito. Like, and to me, it that was, was most often the case. It was either look either way. Nine out of ten times. Way, no matter how my night plan planned out, something was getting stuffed. And I honestly like you. <laughs> you gotta. <laughs> I forgot. This is the the late edition. I can. This is the late. Yeah. This is. Um, <laughs> no, we can go for it. We'll this put a we'll put a okay. parental advisor on this episode. Oh, they're all explicit, baby. I did want to ask a question to Danny though, because Danny went to community college first, and that's how we met you. You were you were cutting, I believe, through Santa Monica, where your major was. Was it was it gender studies there too? So we just. I mean, my my path was kind of interesting. I mean, I wasn't. Um, I was I was honestly just taking a variety of classes. I mean I, I mean like don't get me wrong, I was trying to transfer in, but I was taking a ton of like my GEs. So I didn't particularly have necessarily a path to set out. Um, which I think is the benefit of community colleges that you get to try out a bunch of different things and you genuine you generally get to go more towards what you're interested in, which as I'm sure we'll get into later on, is what I recommend everyone does. But I I mean I was a eighteen I was I was 17 when I met all of you, and I was 18 and 19 when I really got to know you. Yeah, I was I was I was under 18 Jesus when I met Christ. you guys. You know, <laughs> just a babe. But, uh, you could be a charge <laughs> but, in some states. <clears throat> <laughs> but I uh, no, I uh, yeah, I was uh, I was Matthew community college, and he was he was like one of my closest friends. I mean, like Patch was 27 years old, and I was 17. Because you went to his dorm. Right? Absolutely, we watched rugby. We that was the only seventeen-year-old so, patch ever got into his dorm. For the, <laughs> we we actually don't know that to be true, and we should probably avoid that territory. <laughs> just just to be safe. someone's gonna dig it up. Oh goodness! <laughs> but my first year in the rugby team was with Jarrett, who I believe was your first year in the rugby team too, because obviously we were 
with the rookie bros that year. Obviously, um, from rookie Seals Mitch's his first year. Yeah, it was actually Mitch's first year as well. All three, and believe it or not, it was my first time ever playing the game. I know it, Holy I know hell, it didn't translate. It was too, yeah. yeah, we got three rookie bros. Um, well, Danny, were you commuting from home though? Like, weren't weren't you still at I was, home? I was biking. I was. That's, I got my license till I was nineteen. That's I remember, I remember you most. biking all the time. I, I rode my bike six miles every single day to UCLA to try and play rugby for the school. And uh, worked yeah, out though. It oh, yeah, paid was, off. Was this quads it back then? Off. But it was. I had some legs on me. Jesus, I was looking good. But I was. <laughs> I was biking six miles a day to get to. I was going from community college, Santa Monica College, which is in the heart of Santa Monica, mm -hmm. all the way up to Westwood, which was a little bit of a distance. I was. I was riding up basically the minute I finished classes. I was going up for training. Did training and then hang out with all you boys which was like one of the best things that i could have done i obviously got to know you guys really well and um it, you know now it's literally paid off because i'm you know we're, we're still in touch and we're still hanging out and all that and but it was it was six miles of biking uphill and then about Both midnight ways. 1 a.m i'd ride home so and that was that was that's every nuts, day man. and i wake up at 6 a.m the next day to go to class that's nuts so, so it, it i mean there's so many times I remember trying to convince you to just leave your fucking bike, you know? Danny, <laughs> <So laughs> just, just stay here. Just stay. You're not biking. going anywhere, dude. Bike in the fucking morning. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, um, I have to bike back. <laughs> it was like the Terminator if he wasn't fucking from Oregon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Portlandinator. <laughs> the Portlandinator. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Man. I mean, there was there was a whole year where I, I I basically it was right before I ended up living with you guys. It was like the semester beforehand, and I had a ping pong class at eight a.m. on Friday. Oh, the, the most, the most Santa Monica. I get now why you're really enjoying the fact that Community's on Netflix because you basically lived it with a fucking ping pong it. class. I lived it. I had to take it. It was a. It was definitely a loophole for UC credit. So to you know for UC God bless classes, them. UCLA. God bless. You could That's take amazing. up to, I think it was three classes that were essentially advanced PE classes. I took track and field, I took strength and conditioning, but one semester I took ping pong. And I'm telling you, none of you can can hold a candle to me in ping pong. I was grinding. Every I Friday would love week. to play you in ping pong. I'm just I have there. a ping pong table here right now. I've been playing it during the quarantine. Let's break so. quarantine so yeah. I can break <laughs> wait, my paddle. Has, has Jared been basically just doing the old like, one side of the ping pong yeah, I'm table. By myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can we see some videos? Like, I want proof. Yeah, once I figure out how you do the self-record on the cell phone, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get that and a few others. Um, what, did, what are your guys's, um, did you guys have any, like, BS classes? Like, what's your, like, most laughable? Oh, I took a, I took an Air Force class, which uh, was pretty BS. It, it, what does it mean, Mitch? The fellow, I, the person that graduated from the Air Force? Um, it uh, served in. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll graduate from. Yeah, it was a it was a joke. I guess it was like an ROTC requirement, and so it was a class, but anyone can participate. So it was basically me, a ton of ROTC people, and then just basketball players up the wazoo, and they all came to class high beyond belief, and probably still got A's. I, I'm pretty sure that was one of my only two like A pluses at UCLA. Was the the uh, that is amazing. That and Desmond Crazy. Nine. Shout out to Desmond Nine. What a class that was, but yeah. What's Desmond Nine? Uh, Design and Media Arts Nine. Uh, it was Desmond Nine. You fucking it, it, finger painting it for adults. <laughs> basically, but like finger painting for adults. If you got credited as if you just come up with like the cure to the plague, mm -hmm. like 
they tried to say it was science so hard. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of infuriating as a South Campus major. I definitely do. know that but. I think what I thought would be my easiest class, diet and exercise, oh, yeah. um, was it five sci five or something like that? Um, I That's surprisingly right. did not like blow through that class. They're like, oh, you actually have to adhere to a diet and exercise. Um, I dropped that class and that being personal trip, go figure. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, um, but no, my, my, I want to say my most laughable one was the history of modern religion, where three uh, of the requirements were go to Vegas on Memorial Day weekend, um, go to Lightning in a Bottle Music Festival, or go to Disneyland. So, and, then, and then you get, you get an A. How was Memorial Day? Um, I stayed as far away from the group as I could. Uh, but I went with my own friends, and I had a phenomenal time. That's a lie. You don't have anybody else. Um, Did any of you guys take the uh, electric music, like the like the um, electric EDM music course? So EDM, as, a, yeah. as the music history aficionado over here, that was the hottest. That there's two classes. We you if you had the major, you had preferential treatment. But there's always two classes I knew that were always packed out because I took I what was legitimately the biggest joke class I ever took at UCLA ended up being one of my favorites. I took music and satire and it was, if you know, like, yeah, here's the funny part about it. I don't even know how to respond to that. Cause like, who's, I can't remember, but there's a, it was basically all about like basically joke music. And there was this really famous um, sort of the weird owls like predecessor in the fifties and sixties. And and then it was kind of about, it was actually surprisingly a lot about musicals and how like, you know, they, they crafted, but this guy was the writer for Little Little Shop of Horrors. He wrote that film. So he had a lot of like sort of um, pull at, at, in school or whatever. And he got Weird Al to come in one day and talk to us. That's crazy. And That's there was cool. only, it was an eight person class. Like Weird Al, must, I don't, Weird Al clearly was a little dishearten, disheartened or whatever. But the teachers told me that, and I had no clue. I don't think any of you guys know this. Um, UCLA apparently has a super rich accordion museum. And like a museum of, of accordions. accordions? A rich, yes, of accordions. Like multiple accordions in a library. It has a rich collection. I don't know how it got it, but huh. the professor told it, and I know he wasn't joking because it's a satire class, so it's my job to know if he's joking. <laughs> and, and he told, and I also know that Weird Al was, he's actually, a, he plays, he first as an accordion, he's a big accordion fan. So that's how he got him in there. And I thought, to this day like i still want to know where the fuck that is i do want to say though that you know as much as we liked a nice blow off class i think that there is some aspect to of to it that is healthy for college students to have like a relaxation class where you're still technically kind of learning you know it, it shouldn't just be all grind all the time so this actually brings me to my second point about and i'm loving that we've like stumbled upon classes so organically because this has actually brought me up to uh, sort of my second point about the scholastic experience, and that is your education. And, you know, uh, Danny kind of hinted that, you know, he was a gender studies major who ended up becoming a, uh, a personal trainer. The, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a study here uh, that I, from uh, 2013. We're doing studies now? I've got a study from 2013 that wow. says only 20%, only 27% of college grads have a job related to their major. I'm honestly amazed it's that high. I am yeah. also amazed that it's that high. Yeah. And I, I, my question though to everybody in the group, and I obviously I I know a lot of these answers, but our audience doesn't. Suzanne probably. Yeah, Su- Suzanne really needs to learn. 
yeah, Suzanne, you need to hear this. Got a lot to learn. But uh, I guess my question <laughs> is, when you guys were looking for your first jobs, this is this is sort of my question. Did did your major guide you at all about like where you wanted to be, where you wanted to sort of grasp? Was there any point during your senior year where like maybe you know like you try to arc that way, or was it rather kind of like what's the best opportunity on the board? I genuinely felt I was more so take. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I'll just say I felt like I was taking class to class, and I was more so ticking boxes to graduate. That's how I felt about it. That being said, I've also felt as though every single class I take, I took, I, I, I got something great out of it, and I really did learn a lot, and I really did enjoy my experience. But I never felt like I had anyone from the major itself or what I was doing sort of steering me in any direction. And I know a lot of it comes back on me for not reaching out and sort of grasping the resources made available to me. But I really felt as though at the end of the day, I was ticking boxes to graduate. Um, and I had to figure out what I wanted to do still within myself. And I just, in, in my opinion, I was too young to really, to really understand what I wanted to do. And I wasn't, I wasn't experienced enough in real life experiences to truly know what a path would even mean. I just knew that there were potential five, 10 year career marks down the line that maybe I want to be at or more so what, how much money I want to be make, making. And I, I never felt as though there was a career path the minute I set foot into college. You so. know, as you're, as you're saying this, it makes me think about like elementary school and you know how they had career days. And like, yeah, TV makes fun of it a lot, but it's like, you know, the, the guy comes in, he's like, oh, I'm a mailman, you know, or whatever it is. And it's like, these people have real jobs and they're honestly like probably jobs that are realistic to what these kids will eventually end up getting or, you know, whatever. And I don't think anybody takes it seriously. And it's only now looking back at it that it's just like, oh, you know, these were like viable candidates. It's not just firefighter, policeman, doctor, you know, whatever. It's always struck. Well, I, I do have a question specifically for Danny, but I want to get this point out because Danny, you mentioned resources and, and I'm, I'm curious by what resources you mean that you don't think you took advantage of. I know that, I, I mean, that's not true. Not every department, but I know that every department as a major has some form of resource made available to them. They can't be a department without having resources for potential career options, which is why I think you know, I, I never really once went into my department. I was, I got accepted into my major and then I, I, every once in a while I'd email the person who was responsible for helping with classes and helping, you know, sort of guide you on what classes to take. But I never once was really guided in, into the, the field of, hey, what is, what is it that you want to do? Like, what are you interested in? Not, uh, which would help me pick a class, but it wouldn't necessarily help me pick a post-graduation situation if that makes sense. But I, I know full, full on that I should have asked more questions. But I, again, I, I felt I, I was too nice. Like, ignorance is not an excuse. But at the same time, I felt like I wasn't thinking that far ahead because I was just at the end of the day trying to graduate. Well, I liked what you said about, about ticking boxes because I do think it is sort of in, I mean, it, in, you know, not to be so literal, but they literally give you like this sheet and it's broken into like the things that I, I think years ago they said, this is how you become a well-rounded person. You need this much of art. You need this much of, you know, table sort of sports, you know, and crap like that. Um, Dave, where do you weigh in on this? Like what, what was your path? 
Uh, well, my major was physiological sciences and integrated biology. Uh, the hallmark of which was that I looked at dead bodies and the inside of dead bodies. That's so cool. And it, yeah, it was super cool. Um, very instructive, very informative. Um, I use absolutely fuck all of it now. Nothing. That means none. <laughs> that does mean none. Yes, yes. I use none of it now. Um, yeah, zero for the people at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was such a fascinating field of study, learning about how living systems work, both from the micro scale, talking about like inner you know, cellular biology and a lot of stuff now that's germane when it comes to talking about COVID-19 and polymerase and all that shit, but uh, up to like bodies and things like that to grander systems, like um, talking about like everything from the way that like uh, blind mole rats communicate through to like uh, elephants and things like that. Anyway, um, yeah, I use none of it now. Absolutely none. Um, and that's What do you fine. do now? Uh, now I basically, I'm like an executive coach and I teach people how to manage and call them out when they're not managing well. That's See it. That? But you have probably the world's like most awesome like dinner conversation starters. Like that yeah, it's not, not great for dinner. You know, yeah. you don't want to get too much into like what a cadaver smells like. Um, You'd be welcome at our dinner. house. I'm yeah. sure I would be met. You'd rip open some of your elk meat and it'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's a rain of centuria. It's crazy though, because <laughs> you talk about that and like listening to Ellen talk about cadavers, and you know, I've never dissected anything for school, only like out hunting in like the real world. Yeah, but yeah, I've never. Yeah, it is experience. a very, um, it is a weirdly grounding experience because you very quickly realize how thin the line is between like a living human being and just a pile of connected meat. The line is blisteringly thin. Um, and especially when you're looking at like a certain cuts of the brain, for example, or just like the, the skull as a whole and the head. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's astounding how we I, just like exist on top of all of that. Yeah. The, this does bring me though, what we're all talking about and how all of us kind of moved away from um, sort of our majors at hand. It, you know, and, we're, and the overarching theme of today is like, is sort of the worth of the college experience. Um, it does bring me to this other point about sort of the network ability and the people that, that you meet, um, not only for your job, but in, in like a, a social sphere. Um, they, uh, I think they, there was a study done in 2018 that says, and I'm reading it right now. So many studies today. So many studies. I love you, it. It's, We're so data driven right now. So data driven analytics. Uh, and it's 85% of, of first year grads actually got their job through networking, you know, um, and, and knowing someone. And I assume, and that, that doesn't obviously mean a friend got them the job, but it obviously means things like maybe a professor, maybe an intern. I know my first real work and really my first two jobs is one is because of Mitch, who, who was a roommate and, and a lifelong friend as well, you know, um, as well as like my first true, true job was my professor, you know, and he was like, do you want to, you know, fucking- this is working for that uh, producing studio. Yeah, for Jack Ryan Studios. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to John, uh, Jonathan Beard. Uh, oh, we're, na we're name dropping now? Fuck yeah, who's doing great things. He gave me my first credit and my first red carpet experience. And I'll, you know, I'll forever. I have, to, I have to agree with you that it was my, my work came through networking, right? Because I was a Chinese major 
which, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with that specifically. But you but saw I, the future. But I thought I wanted to get into international business. Um, and so, I, you know, I was a global studies major initially, and then I switched that to Chinese major and a global studies minor. And I still ultimately ended up doing that. But um, I made my contact through a travel study program that sent me to China. Um, I studied there in Shanghai. And then after the program, I went to Beijing and I worked for Lenovo Computers, which is where I met Corey, who Jarrett knows is the guy who got me onto Virgin Labs, who got acquired by Snapchat, and I came along with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, through my school experience, I guess technically that's not a connection from school, but it's a, you know, um, it's a, it's still calls by it. Yeah. Yeah. Still indirectly, which is yeah. kind of what I'm talking about, whether it's like, you know, um like a professor like you know a, a group or something like i know a lot of guys on the rugby team kind of got hired out and, and things of that nature but it does bring you know when you look at that when you when you think about how maybe the education didn't necessarily put us in a place to have like something post career it was rather the people that you meet it really does feel like it hammer homes this idea that the real benefit maybe of college is is sort of the environment you get in the communities that you raise i know uh to bring another study because dave enjoys them so much um I facebook really do facebook did a study and i'm gonna i'm gonna play to a few people in the crowd and it's it said in this 2013 study so it's a little old that uh facebook found that more than a quarter of married facebook users in the u.s met their spouses in college and that's true for at least two people in here mitch uh found it literally through college you know uh i don't i don't know why it's literal in your case because you were but whatever um we were both in college except for i just graduated yeah i just graduated uh, and, and then dave actually uh met jen his wife in, in college as well um so my my thing is like knowing that now you know when you my question to to kind of you both in this regard when you think about the value of your college experience which i don't know how often you know you pontificate on this but when you when you look back at you know the student loans you either paid or you didn't pay it or whatever you had to pay on it do you think about that do you think about you know even despite not having the majors line up for you career-wise do you think about the like as it's the whole package you know like maybe the the experiences that you had and and, and the and god damn it if i say it the love that you found Guy loves love. For those of our listeners, uh, Anna West, guy loves love. Loves um, yeah, it's it's tough. Like I, you know, when it comes to the student debt, I think I graduated with about forty thousand worth of uh, debt from college, and I have like, you know, I've got a bunch of friends that went to uni in England, and they're complaining about like four thousand pounds of debt, which granted, is like maybe let's be generous and call it $8,000 of debt. But like, that's a fuck ton of money. And I think the U.S. has a massive over-reliance on people going to college. It's just stupid. Like, you you don't need to go to college. You can find amazing experiences in so many different ways. That said, do I love my time there? Yeah, of course I love my fucking time. It was amazing, but it was like a lucky experience. It wasn't that a... It wasn't that I couldn't have gotten amazing things having spent four, in my case, five years. I would like to contest that it does open up opportunities you might not have seen going your normal route. That's totally fair. I'm just saying for the for the amount of money that you spend doing it, unless you're yeah. fortunate enough to get like a, a better 
financial aid deal or whatever right. scholarship like, like it's I just like no you you can going out of it. you can probably find an okay solution yeah versus this and i wish that more people would consider things like apprenticeships i wish there was more of a i wish there were more working yeah. route for yeah, exactly more of like a working route and um i think what college college in the u.s really gives you two things it gives you like a very safe ground to mature Mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so important. I think probably for me, that was probably the most important thing is like getting exposed to a bunch of different stuff while being able to mature. And it does that at the same time as giving you a community, which you could argue is kind of part and parcel. Like they, they come together, yeah. but, um, but none of that has to do with the, the, with the, the academic cost. Which, yeah. Exactly, which is in theory what you're actually paying for, which yeah. is just well, bullshit. The military <laughs> technically paid for my college and then financial aid paid for the other half. So I got very lucky there. And then I went ahead and married into $300,000 of debt. So, you know, comes out of the wash. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, gambling at a casino. You, every time you think you're up, you'll find your way right back. Yeah, you'll find your way back down. It'll yeah, come. Yeah. It'll come. Well, so it's interesting, I think, when you think about, because um, you mentioned sort of like uh, you wish there was more working routes. I mean, I, I definitely agree that I think, but the problem I see with developing routes like more trade schools and, and things like that is there's a stigma. I still think in this country there's kind right. of a stigma because the first question is always, especially like job fairs, you know, maybe after now, you know, depending on where you're at, is always like, uh, you know, like, I think the first question is like, what do you do? But right almost after it is like, well, where'd you go to school? And yeah. I, and I hate to say that I'm guilty of this where, um, you know, UCLA is, is, a, is like a, one of the top tier public IVs. It's kind of a nickname for that. And I'm being generous with that to them. But what I would say is like, if you, if you said, Hey, this person went to, you know, CSU Fullerton or this person went to Harvard, like there, there's just certain things you project on those people right or wrong. There's like, there's sort of these totally. in, in, innate biases and I'm, Along with you guys, you know, it, it sort of feels like you won't, you don't even have the opportunity. Like in order to play the game, you have that you have the college is the buy-in. Yeah, it sucks. Like you, it's such a requirement here. Just it just doesn't make sense. Like it, it's more from this, like a, it's more from oh cool, you really want to take it further to study something and go in depth to study it to now this is like a required step along a certain set of social ladders Mm. and that just Mm. makes zero sense like if we could invest anywhere near the amount of money that people spend on college into improving our communities in a more basic state my god will we have a better place to live yep it's just yeah it's just wild anyway yeah and what I think is, so this is actually a really nice thing because we've talked, I think now we've established things that like sort of outlined, hey, you know, this is how we saw our experience. You know, we've identified like an education point. We've identified a social, you know, I mean, Mitch, do you, I, I think I know your answer, but like, do you agree that it's not, even with like the fact that like the government technically paid your four years, is it something that you know, I think you would obviously do again. Am I, am I wrong in that assumption? Yeah, no, I definitely would do it again, uh, given the opportunity. Um, I knew straight out of high school, though, I was like a 3.25 student. You know, I wasn't like bell of the ball. And I knew I wasn't ready for college, which is specifically why I joined the military. Um, yep. I think a lot of people join because, you know, no options or, you know, they don't know what else is out there. 
Uh, and one cool thing about it is that they will pay for college. And if you do it right, yeah. you can end up at a college like UCLA. Um, and, you know, the post note, right? Exactly. <laughs> through, through, uh, through a very, very, very late email. Um, <laughs> That's still mind boggling. And, uh, and what actually deal. was on the email? I'm sorry. What <laughs> actually was on? You sent an email to get into a. a who, who do you even email? Are you yeah. just like, dear UCLA at UCLA.edu. Yeah, exactly. like, so so I, I've, got definitely got the e- I've got the email somewhere still. Um, but um, okay. yeah, no, I um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys applied to college in like October, November. Yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah. Something like that. I sent my email in March, late March. Um, and wow. acceptances came out uh, late April, something like that. Yeah, that's April. the month, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, late March, I sent an email to six universities. Um, six? six? I universities. applied to more <laughs> universities than you emailed. That's amazing. And they're amazing. All, all outside of my, uh, my weight range. Um, oh, wow. So it was like, it was like Duke, NYU, UC Chapel Hill, uh, UCLA, um, Columbia, you know, and... Um, and uh, it just like was like, hey, like, hey, I'm Mitch, you know, here's like a rough, you know, cover letter, essentially. It's like, here's my um, accomplishments thus far. I'm about to get out of the military. Um, I know you're, I'm late, but I really like your university. I'm interested and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I hope you'll still consider me. Um, and uh, so awesome. they called me two weeks later. <laughs> like, I mean, first off, it, yeah. Yeah, I, like whoever at admissions, like I just, I, I Googled. So I, I like, I did my research and I looked up who ran admissions at each university. Um, and I tracked down their emails and I sent it directly to them um, at each of these universities. And like most of them, four of them passed. NYU said they wanted to have an interview and the UCLA called me while I'm chopping down trees at my buddy's house. He's not even there. I went to go see him. He's not there. Anyways, they're like, hey. So you just chopped down his trees? Like, yeah. And she the same kid like, that you hit with a paintball at the other episode? And oh, she's, like, she's, like, okay. she's like, hey, Mitch, we just wanted to give you a big congratulations and let you know that we've decided to accept you to UCLA. Um, and I'm like, oh, I, can I call you back? Like, I'm about, a tree's about to fall on me. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, sure. That is the most <laughs> Call me right story. back. This is my cell number. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I like literally finished. And then I was like, wait, I've accepted? And she's like, yeah, no, this is, uh, you're in. What do you want to major in? And this is like, <laughs> how oblivious I am to college. And I was like, I think I wanted to go into medical. And so I was like, you're like, horticultural yes. studies. <laughs> I was like, pre med is yeah. like, got to be like nursing, right? And she's What's like, your oh, you're not in a nursing like? school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so My that's, um, did you get into, did you get in? I'm curious. I'm just curious of the schools that you mentioned. Did you get, do you know if you got into UNC? I didn't know UNC, Duke, Columbia all denied me. Um, there's a fourth one that I can't think of, but uh, NYU and UCLA were my choices. So I, went, I flew out to both um, and checked out their campuses. And part of, to your point, Jarrett, like, I mean, I love New York. I probably like New York more than a lot of people like New York. It's a good city to visit. It's not a great one to live in. I think I could live there. But that being said, UCLA has an absolutely gorgeous campus compared That's to NYU. Miraculous. And I, I wanted that college experience. You know, people are studying in the grass and the food's amazing and the weather's amazing. And I fell in love. Do you know what's the, I was thinking about this and I, I tried to try to find another fact. Dave, again, will love this. 
I don't have one. It didn't, it didn't pan out, but I, I thought, cause when I think about the college experience and I think about what it's worth, I also think about what is marketed to us and, you know, about how I know growing up in the nineties, you know, there's a lot of films. It always felt like there was films about college that like kind of inspired you to want to go there. Cause totally. you, you, you know, like you, you know, like you would look at it and be like, fuck, that's what college is like. And you know, yeah. like old school is kind of like our version yeah, of animal, animal house. house. You kidding me? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, this is, this is awesome. But what's really strange for the for people that went to UCLA is it's so many, like Mitch, and we all know this, but you know, Mitch is in the film industry. So many people, so many movies are filmed at UCLA, you know? I wonder that, if subconsciously that was also there. I was like, man, this is, you know, like, feels I knew like school college. There, right? Definitely like, happened for me when yeah. I was coming to do like my college shows when coming from England and I saw UCLA's campus, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This feels like such a real college experience <laughs> as I'm stood at the top of like Jan steps, like no shit yeah. that has literally been used in like 12 different movies at least. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the movies. Thing. No, it is yeah. the movies. Yeah, yeah, it is the movies. Welcome. Yeah, we're the best. That really everything. reminds me of Harvard. Yeah. Like Harvard yeah. in the movies. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> you know, one of, my, one of my favorite stories is the Friendsgiving. I thought I was thinking about the stories that we've all shared and all the dumb shit we've done. <laughs> but I thought Friendsgiving, <laughs> for one particular reason, was such a great, like, the kind of example and like one little microcosm of why, like, college can be really awesome. And, and there's like idea of networking. And, you know, and obviously like a Friendsgiving, I don't need to explain the concept to people out there, but what was cool was we had a dinner at, we all lived in, in sort of Mitch's, Mitch's house, Mitch ran the show, his big boss house. And we had dinner at seven. And, but I am going around to these other places, specifically one person's place to help him build out his dish. And I'm running in between Mitch's house and Dave's place, which is two doors down, two or three doors down. Cause he's trying to make macaroni and cheese. And I still remember getting into his kitchen, going in the back door of his kitchen. And he's just like, kind of not necessarily paralyzed, but he's literally- Oh, I was totally paralyzed with panic. He's she had dread at that point in my life of cooking. <laughs> and in fairness, this isn't like from the box craft mac and cheese. My Genuinely, Jared, I think it's actually my first time ever making a, like a meal that wasn't of that vein, of like right. from a box. Just at this point, terrified the fact that I'm going to fuck this up and no one's going to have food at Friendsgiving. Cause I think I, I don't know that I'd actually been to a Friendsgiving before either. So I was like really worried about how much people were going to be relying on my, uh, you shitty thought, ass mac and cheese. But that was my favorite part was like, before turning the corner, I'm like, Oh man, he's probably, you know, it's mac and cheese. It's, you know, it's like, it's some cream. Yeah, it's you, think, you already you had it boiled down. This guy had like three or four pans out. I'm like, who are you making macaroni and cheese for the Salvation Army? You know, it's, like, <laughs> we, had, we had so much leftover. You know, and, and so much. It obviously, it all of a sudden you just are kind of taking back, like, oh, and we only had one oven, so you're like, we gotta, you know, we're gonna be here a while. And uh, but that outside of that, and Chris getting drunk off red wine before we even served out bread, you know, <laughs> that, that, before we broke bread, before we broke bread. But, but it just how close, and Dave, you know, um, and we all we all live so close together, and that's and that really is that community, and whether it was. You know, you know, nights at Sunday, I think family dinners is kind of what we would nickname it. But just there's something about when, when I was at least living with you guys, like we had a, it's a really strange complex, but basically three or two apartments were like hooked together up top on like a, like a, like a porch. And you could, you could see out the back door of this apartment into Dave's apartment when he lived with the water polo players. 
you know, and I remember like a dog being excited in the morning with my coffee, seeing Dave. <laughs> everyone, it was the best. I actually thought about that the other day, how nice it was living in a neighboring apartment to everyone because I just like would wake up, kind of like, you know, stretch, open the Go door. Go next door for coffee. Walk over. It was great. Coffee was already brewing. I'd be like, what's up guys? Grab my mug from someone else's apartment. And be like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Load me up with the caffeine. I have a question. Simple at times simpler times i always wondered this uh did you ever have trouble with the fact that you know water polo players were always out so early did you ever was that ever a problem living with them like the fact that they were up and out by like five in the morning no i mean it was fine i had a, I had a great roommate she was absolutely lovely Braley. um oh, just a, wow a del- forgot she was, about her Miss yeah her. Del- delight yeah she was a wine delight of a human being um and no it was fine i mean they would you know, they would get up and do their thing. And it also, I mean, it also wasn't peak season when I lived with mm-hmm. them, which helped a lot. Um, but yeah, they would get up and do their thing. She was super quiet. And they also were already used to living in that complex. So they were used to a lot of noise at night because I would always feel terrible when I'd be coming home and inevitably clumping around like a, an idiot because I'm so clumsy. But they were fine with it, yeah. Wow. That, I mean... It- I, now I feel bad for how many, how loud it got on our end, you know, because the, the sad part was when we were all in college, is if we should put this in the notes, one of the songs that we really enjoyed was Trampled by Turtles, You Wait So Long. And there's like a distinctive drum clap thing. And of course, we took it to a, <laughs> a drum drum clap doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really like do it justice. Like a stomp section, like a yeah. stomp the yard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that the, the second level apartment really did that famous too, just echoing. Well, they're That's, also the ones who kicked our door in later on. So, you know, the second, uh, we, 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 we had some obnoxious that was my fault. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> what? Why our door, why our door has been effort. silent for the entire <laughs> why, episode. That, <laughs> did anyone with the Why our door was knocked in? So yeah. I, 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 we were wrestling at like 3 a.m. No, we? no, no. Maybe. maybe. Maybe I think of a different time, but the door was stomped in when I when I threw up over the balcony and landed on their balcony, and then they were so pissed off at us that they wow. they and car and they car. smashed in our door. I mean, it's probably a different occasion, but they smashed in the door when I was living there, and I know you guys were living there because two of you were living on my couch. Yeah. Side note to that one. You were a pretty yeah. sickly seventeen-year-old. I was their landlord at one point. Yeah, Went from being the seventeen-year-old to being their landlord. It's so yeah. great. I just remember that you lied Hilarious. a lot back then. I remember that was always a, a point between us. You lied a lot. Um, so that actually, to, to bring this all, we've, so we've discussed, you know, so much, but, and uh, not to sort of, you know, I, I think belabor the point, but to really put a bow on this. And obviously we can't sit here and give a definitive answer on, do we think, you know, what is the, one, what is the value of the college experience as we see it, you know, identifying all the things that we talked about previously. But as I mentioned at the top of this, we are in the age of COVID and things are virtual right now. And, you know, a lot of UCs, a lot of colleges have basically said, hey, we're going to work. You're going to work virtually like a lot of these, uh, a lot of uh, sort of workplaces have. Um, what I thought was interesting is the CSU system, um, and I think this is changing, but right now the CSU system uh, you know, 23 campuses, about 428,000 students, stats, David. And, um, study, guys. And, uh, slash Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, I was out at Google, baby. Uh, my thing though, is that the, they're really not going to change tuition. There's a, a lot of these universities yeah. are saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to keep it the same price, Harvard, uh, Tufts, things like that. 
you know, and, and I know Harvard's getting a lot of uh, crap on social media because someone's like, yeah, like they can't afford to miss rent. They got a $38 billion endowment. Um, yeah. You know, and I was looking at, I was looking at UCLA's financials for 2019 last night and then I'm peering through that doc. And that's actually a really interesting read if you want to understand what's going on behind the school because they pulled in, I think at the end of the year last year, something like 118 billion. Um, it's crazy. You know, at like net income before. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about like just the real estate and stuff like that, what is, but what I did find interesting is that the uh, UCLA department, the sports department actually cost them money and had to take a loan from the school, which um, you just don't ever think about sports departments, like sort of not pulling in the money, but to get back on, on topic with this idea now that the college experience could be virtual and then you have to work from home and it's, and you're no longer going to have people around the corner and you're no longer have the ability to maybe meet, you know, your wife, you're, you're going to have the ability to network. What do you think? What, what do you think a fair price is? Do you think it's half? Cause like, as well as I'd love to say that oh, we live in a time, you know, I, I, love I, was ex I was expecting your, your question to be like, do you do it? Do you not? I wasn't expecting like a, prices wow yeah well that's, one that's i think that despite you know overall costs or how a university do it but university of phoenix needs to market the shit out of this mm -hmm. they've been doing it successfully the poll baby right like all yeah. these online universities have a leg up i can't wait for my else. next degree from itt tech yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. i'm really looking forward to picking up some welding skills <laughs> yes that's well awesome. yeah um, was that it, Jay? I'm sorry. I, I know no, I kind of cut no, you off I, on that thread. No, no, 100%. It's, it's what do you, I'm, I'm curious, well, how much do you think you would pay now? We all, we all know how much we paid at UCLA. And, and I think just to set the table, you know, tuition, not counting like housing at, at like a UC is like 11 grand, you know? So even if you didn't pay, like you'd still be paying 11 grand. But what I think is interesting, and I want you to take in, into effect here, and you, and you might already is that, you know, you, there are places online to learn this information. There are, you know, things like edX and, and Coursera who, you know, they'll give you a degree to slap on your LinkedIn for 45 MIT's entire curriculum is on there. Exactly. So um, that's a really, so that's really, I didn't know that, but what's really interesting is like, Hey, all of your stuff's already online, but you want me to pay $11,000 to access it. What am I accessing? I know Coursera is offering MBAs for like a third of the price. And I, almost think that if you're going strictly based off of educational materials um like one of the things like is like that i appreciate about college is i have to go to class like ellen mm. could learn on the computer all day and she'll be fine and she listens to everything at one and a half speed i have to be there right and i think that there's a lot of students like me that you gain that benefit by being in a lecture hall um and then you know you do your homework and whatever because um I, I think I think a third of the price isn't a bad ask, although it's still through the roof, right? That's still eight thousand dollars a quarter or whatever it is, you know, something stupid like that or a year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think a third. If I if I if we're talking about someone that's new to college, like imagine you're graduating from high school, you thought you were going to go, whatever. I, I would say just don't do it. Mm. Truly, I would say like just don't pay for now. Like you can take care of so many GEs, I like that. so many classes, like either completely online or through a community college or through a community college online. And just like, you can rid yourself of so much debt 
mm-hmm. by by doing it that way for the beginning and mm-hmm. and i get that that sucks that you won't have like a true freshers experience entering in but no one's going to be having it and i guarantee you the first what what will probably be spring quarter 2021 is going to be absolutely bonkers and hopefully by then people will be vaccinated like just enroll then like yeah. i i assure that you way. that yeah. universities yeah <laughs> universities take that a will be gap for cash by then they will be glad to accept people yeah take a gap year honestly like yep do that if you're if you're already a current student I don't know. It's tough. I, I I took a quarter off at one point. I know universities let you do that. I would seriously consider looking into it because there's just no point for paying that much money. Like, yeah, it's a bit of effort, but that bit of effort might save you thousands of dollars in the long run. Just do it. Yeah. You know what? I, I think that's taking the quarter off, I think is honestly how I, I would play it and try to maybe leverage that's an internship good. out of it. That's a good point. You could just you could just skip the quarter overall and just say, "Hey, I'm going to tack it on to the end." Your job prospects will probably be better by doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny, what's the shed talk? So, I the entire time you've been you've been saying that, I've, I I mean, I'm, this is probably a, a bit bigger of a take on it. But I mean, this week they've just released that for all UCs they're not going to be doing standardized test testing as a means to help with admission or to, to, you know, to decide if you're, you know, good enough to get into the school or not. Um, and I like just thinking about what you just said, Dave, like way of the year, like, do it, like for me who went to community college and I think Jarrett will also agree with me on this is that there is such a stress and I'm sure everyone went through it as well, but, there's such a stress in, in, you know, getting that rejection letter or getting that sort of, you know, acceptance yeah. to the school you want to go to that for me, I, for two and a half years, like I was, I was like in community college and if I didn't get to UCLA, I'm not sure where, where, where I would have gone to. And um, I wish I'd said this earlier, but like I'd gotten six rejection letters from UCLA before I got in. And like, for me, like mm-hmm. I, I was so, I was in, I was in deep. Like I was very much like, shit I've I've committed to this thing like if this doesn't pan out like I don't know where I'm going to go next and I don't know what I'm going to do and and like to think about where I was in high school which has taken you know some of the, the rejections of this was that like my SAT score in high school was was out of 2400 it was a 1410 like I very much like which is to me it's it's kind of like a, it's a good story now, nowadays to say it but like to think to, to think that like you know to wait another year to like have to apply and have that anxiety of not getting in. And I know that some students like flat out don't get into the school, like on that, that second you know chance. And like, if I go into a school that I know I really wanted to go to for me just to sit there and go, eh, I'm not going to get the full college experience. I'll wait another year. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I could pull through with that. Like, I mean, that's, that's the difficult part is that like, there are a lot of people, no matter where you're going to go to, like wherever your reach school is, wherever school you're trying to get to, when you when you get in, like that is it. Like you don't want to take any chances. Like you're pulling trigger, you're going to that school and you're going to, you know, take that full risk. But like, I think with, with the cost side of it, like I was very lucky in the fact that I could take out loans for it. I mean, I was, I was probably about 70 to 80K in debt by the time I graduated. I took an, I took an extra quarter or two to finish but I very much like I I looked at it as like I had to I, I, 
I had to do it as like the same thing as ticking those boxes to finish the classes. I had to do it to like get out and get that degree. And, you know, I don't know, like the cost of it, again, I was lucky enough to think this way, but like, I very much just thought shit, just like, just do it. Like by the time you graduate, it will be worth it. And I, I gotta say like, if I had to tell myself what I knew now, I don't know if it is as worth it. Like, I think the college experience is, is, is great. And like, don't get me wrong, like I do recommend if I had kids, I would, I would say go do it. But like, at the same time, I, I don't know, like it's, it's a very, very expensive ask. And like, I could see a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of people who are sort of guiding people to do this, to say like, listen, there's a lot of other options out there. And I know we've been colleges but Ooh. like we haven't been there the time but I think I think there are I think at the end of the day there are other options out there and I think it's we're, we're very pressured to think a certain way about college being the, being the only way but totally. you know I don't know I, that's the thing I don't know I just know that college hasn't necessarily pulled through as hard as I thought it would yeah so I, uh... that's my take I would love to, I'd love to piggyback that because as you mentioned, um, you know, me and you are the two, the community college grads and I went, um, you know, got that AA first, baby. Um, and AA is sort of the, like the slip they give you as they kick you out the fucking door. <laughs> um, but so I went to, I went to community college for, uh, like I had, I did every mistake that you could do for getting into college that you, that you could possibly mistake. And that, that started, that started in, in high school as a, as a kid, you know, and, and, you know, as a kid, I wanted to go to Harvard. I had, I was in honors classes my entire life as the majority of the people in this room. And the majority of people that go into UCLA, you're off, especially if you're out of high school, you probably were doing well in elementary school and middle school and high school. And so I, you know, had the same, same road, you know, I was in all these honors classes in high school. I had, I had a death in the family in high school when I was, when I was a sophomore. And I just, and to me, it was like, I remember thinking like, you know, what the fuck, you know, I had an existential crisis as it were. And I was just like, well, what the fuck is all this? You know, this is all dumb and bullshit. And so like existential crisis meant like high school rebellion. And I just basically told, you know, told my parents was like, I'm, I'm going to draw, I'm, I'm fucking done. I'm not taking any more AP classes. I'm not taking, I'm, I like, I killed all of my AP courses. I dropped down into like English, which was ended up being fucked up because I not only fucked up their grade but like I started getting English awards and then they wanted to kick me right back up but I refused um I wouldn't and so I, I kind of I did that in high school for about like a year and a half and then finally senior year like you know I got my head on straight and I, I kind of ride the ship but what, what really sucked is that sort of a you know all that work you do in middle school all that stuff that all that previous work I had done in high school kind of didn't amount to anything because by the time I graduated high school even though my GPA I think it was around around Mitch's. You know, my SATs are fine, but my, my GPA, you just I wasn't gonna get a look. You know, when when I when I started like sending out these, you know, so it was like, hey. So what I appreciate about community college was as much as it was about saving money, which it I mean, which obviously it saves you so much money. And I, especially back, I don't know what it is now. And I know that more people now understand that it saves you money because I remember when I was leaving community college, it was getting harder and harder to get in to certain yeah. courses like and they were getting impacted but when i was there it was really easy to just take whatever courses it wasn't as impacted but what i what was the most important thing i ever learned through community college outside of you know like like you know the ability to save money it was also kind of a soft college because i 
I actually did leave and I went to a community college in another city to join some friends. So I, I had this really weird mix of being on your own, but not, but as Danny will know, there is no, there is no like go fucking Santa Monica team. You know, like there is no, yeah. there's no SM, there's no, there's none of that community exists at community college. I just started like. Irony. I, exactly. Thank you. And I love that. And so for, for me, what it really did, and I, I don't mean to sound, um, you know, like me and what I'm about to say, but I remember being in these classes and I remember having this, these like come to Jesus moments where someone would say something and you're like, fuck, I'm in class with that guy. Like, like, you know, like you're, you're sitting here going like, I'm in fucking class with that guy. And that made me work so much harder and build up better work habits than just leaning on the fact that I was smart and could retain stuff because at a certain point that was only going to get you so far. And so by the time I got in, I, my, I did two years of community college and I wanted to get out and none of my parents had, had none of my parents graduated college. You know, I don't think, I don't even think my dad graduated high school. He's a, he's a farmer. So I'm, I'm, I'm leading the ship. And why I mean that's important is I didn't know what out of skate out of school tuition meant. And if everyone in here is like, uh-huh, not in your heads, it's expensive. Did you know that? We're a, we're a nation of states and they, somewhere in the laws it says you can't fucking like d- deny people like benefits <laughs> from other states. But I wanted to go to the University of Texas uh, and I, I remember I flew out with my mom. They said, nah, bitch. No, they said, they said, they, they said, said yeah. Yeah, they yeah, said, yeah, yeah. they said, with yes. With that $80,000. Welcome, <laughs> son. Pay that man his money. And I like, I looked at them and they were like, it's gonna be 40K that first semester. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. And we got on a plane and we went home. And, but the problem is that admission's over. You know, that, that admission cycle's over. So I had to spend another year. And the reason I'm building this story is like when I finally got into UCLA and I, I got, you know, I got into USC, I got into Berkeley, got into UCLA. UCLA was the only one with the music program. I was an English major and I was like, well, English isn't gonna make you any money, but this music history program sounds sick, you know? And I'm going to fucking make so much money off of like. What's more lucrative than English? Yeah. I know. I know. Talking to people about fucking Schoenberg. And um, uh, it isn't. Um, <laughs> but I remember like the first day you get in. Because like when they bring you on campus, I go to admissions. And I remember the admissions lady. And she's like, yeah, somehow music history is in this weird loophole where it's still college of science. So I could switch without like without any problems. That being said, the first day of school, um, I didn't, at the time I, you know, I was a musician, but like I was more by rote and by like listening to it by ear and stuff like that. I wasn't too good at reading the music, especially, and I'll be honest, I, um, I wasn't too good at reading fucking symphonies. I'm just going to say it. And we sat in Mr. Knapp's really class. Really brave of you to admit. Thank you. I'm really opening up. And Mr. Yeah. Knapp's class, I think was now the head of, of that department now. I don't think the people need to know what Mr. I'm telling everybody, but here's, here, here's, here's where the community college came in for me. And and this is what it's all leading to is I, the first day he shows all these fucking Beethoven scores and it looks like Russian. I got no idea what the fuck's going on. And I'm fucking pooping my pants because I'm like, I'm going to fail out. I just paid $30,000 to these people. I'm going to fucking fail the fuck out, you know? And I come to Mr. Knapp, I I go to him and I'm like, Hey, you know, is this how it's going to be for the rest of the quarter? (laughs) It's like, and he's like, and he brings out a piece of sheet music and he sits me down. And he's like, well, can you, what is this saying to you? And I like give some bullshit answer, you know, start lying. And he could see right through it. And he's like, he's like, well, what were you before this? And he's like, was like, you should, you should definitely leave and get out. You should go back to that. You should, you should not be here. And so me, 
the eternal optimist, I say, well, fuck that guy. But I, so I did drop my quarter. I, I've come to find out the rest, everybody else in the class was spooked. And like the TAs apparently came on the back end and said, we'll help you through it. But I had already dropped the class, which meant I had to wait a whole nother year to get back into it again, which meant I couldn't graduate. So I attacked another year. The point of that story though, is I think, um, you know, what's so great about community college for me, I think for a few other people's is it does sort of give you this like sink or swim mentality because it's never going to get easier from that point on. Um, you know, and I don't, I'm kind of curious, you know, Danny's, Danny already said he failed a couple of times, but that's what it does. It really, it sort of hardens you. And I think I would have failed trying to do the workload that you and Mitch did my, that, that freshman year. You know, I don't think I was ready for that yet. Very cool. There you go. And now we're going to do our lightning round. Wait, sorry. Before the lightning round, though, it's crucial that we have time for an ad. Got, exactly. Excuse me. Danny, take it away. Look at that face. Yeah, check that pale ale. Have I been, have I, have I supposed to be prepared for this? I, I, yeah, you, I, you didn't do the reading? It's weird. Give us 30 seconds on prestige. Where's the reading? Give us your. There's no reading. You gotta, what, you, what is your quite literally gut reaction to when we say, hey, prestige tequila? Prestige tequila. Um, one time when I was in college, um, a roommate of mine was in a fancy league and he had to finish the whole thing, I think, within, within a month of having to get it. Um, uh, that's not it. Um, but we'll. <laughs> the, prestige it's a brand of multiple different kinds of alcohol and it comes in a plastic container it's more than likely under $12 and wow I, the audio on that exhale was delightful what, what that actually that? summed it up perfectly exactly. just you could hear the trepidation in the in the breath I've, I think this was an unfair ambush on me you know I don't know I don't know but I think we'll come back to this one. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. This week's ad is brought to you by Prestige Vodka slash Tequila. Prestige had the allure of a James Bond film set in the early 2000s. The title is dodgy at best, and you're walking away only slightly satisfied, but it got the job done, and at the end of the day, that's what matters. Despite being the highest grossing video game of its time, GoldenEye the movie was a hit and a miss. Pierce Brosnan made a staggering performance that led him to a supporting role in Mamma Mia 1 and 2. Prestige Vodka is kind of like that, except not really. It went out of business at some point between now and when we were in college. We didn't invest enough into it, mainly because it sold for under $10 a handle and you could get 15 cents back on its plastic recycle return. When you're taking a swig of its plastic rim that someone you don't know passed it to you, you're reassured that its alcohol content will disinfect any oral disease. Which by the way, isn't true, and all of you cool cats and kittens living at large during COVID-19 should most definitely share your presence carefully. Anyways, Prestige Vodka slash Tequila, here's a free ad for when and if you ever make it back into corporate America. Three men and a little pod, thank you for your past service. Prestige Vodka slash Tequila, there are hearts breaking wide open all over the world tonight. Why? Because unless you are a fool, that boy is off the market. He is 100% prime time in love with you. Back to you in the studio. 
Danny's had a couple of prestige tequilas already tonight. Exactly. So lightning round. Lightning Jay, round. Take us lightning away. round. Lightning round. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions. They are going to be the same questions because I didn't think of new ones. Um, and uh, it's really quick, this or that. We don't need any introduction. I'm going to hit it off with Danny so you can try to earn back a little bit of whatever that last <laughs> ad was. Um, Got to come prepared, man. Um, all right. You're, are, you, are you ready, Danny? Yep. I actually don't blame Danny for that. I blame Oh, Are you ready, Danny? Oh, don't. Oh, well, that's that's so unfair. You have, a, you have a sleeveless Hawaiian ad in the last one. And you're just like, Danny, by the way, come up with a commercial in three, go. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? We'll cut something in. You send it to me. We'll cut something. That's on me, uh, Suzanne. And uh, lightning round. Okay, you ready? Yeah. There it is. Drive-in or movie theaters? Drive-in. Notebooks or laptops? Notebooks. Backpacks or briefcase? Backpacks. Rose Bowl or Poly Pavilion? Sorry, go on. (laughs) Rose Bowl or Poly Pavilion? Rose Bowl. Power hour or or office hour? Power hour. Yeah, you would. You are prestige. That was great. That was great. It's going to be the same. What is an office hour? An office hour, um, as I earlier today, is when you go to it. Is when you go to the TA sometimes. Try to teach oh, oh, that's what you're asking the question. Like, uh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Office, office hours. hours. Office hours. Office hours. Yes. Yeah. That's power cool. hour. Great. Great. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Dave, you're up next. Are you ready? Great. Can't wait. Play. I wonder. I, I wonder what it's going to be. Ten Red or blue? <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? X-wing or Tie Fighter? <laughs> Why wing? Sorry, what, Jay? Drive-in or movie theaters? Uh, drive-in for the novelty. Mm, notebooks or laptops? Notebooks. Backpacks or briefcase? Backpacks a thousand times over. Rose Bowl or Poly Pavilion? Rose Bowl uh, golf course for the tailgating specifically. Power hour, office hours? Office hours, underutilized. Thank you. I There's two things I want to point out right there before we get to Mitch. Fucking notebooks. No books. You're just gonna. You're just gonna fuck off, mate. The, you've got the. You've got. Day. You've got the rest of your life to look at a fucking laptop and other screens. Just yep. use a notebook if you can. Use it. Mm-hmm. So nice. Do you still? And I. What I love best is that backpacks are still in vogue now in in the office. If you think about what you probably like in the 80s or 90s, I don't know if you could have rolled in with a backpack, but it, no, definitely not. I also get 90% of my Instagram ads are some form of outdoor gear. And now that's basically morphed into me getting all of the weird Kickstarters for various backpacks that are trying to launch. <laughs> I, I kid you not, that's like all the ads I get and I'm a sucker for it. I open pretty much every single one because I find them so fascinating. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, Mitch. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. Yeah, there it is. I love verbal confirmation. Okay, here we go. 10 seconds on the clock. Drive-in or movie theaters? Drive-in. Notebooks or laptops? Notebook. Backpacks or briefcase? Backpacks. Power hour or office hours? Power hour. Rose Bowl or Poly Pavilion? Poly. Hmm. Poly Pavilion, you want to break that down? I am choosing Poly Pavilion because of the convenience for a sporting event. Mm. Like if you want to yeah, build up college excitement around sports, I don't want to drive a fucking hour away. Like I love the Rose Bowl. I love being there. I agree. Doing Tailgating with Dave is fantastic. If you get the opportunity. Thank you, Mitch. Um, I don't want to drive an hour there. And yeah. then I don't want to 
either BDD around a bunch of drunks or have to, you know, be sobering up the hour and a half back because it's just stopped traffic the whole way. Doing it as like a freshman when you didn't have a car, so you had to take the bus too. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. Because they, they left late enough because you couldn't get there an early. So they bad. left late, so you couldn't get there too early to um, pregame, um, and then they left. You know, whatever. It was just it was just a shit show. Um, and you know, I only went to Polly a handful of times, um, but I enjoyed every time I went there. You know, it's not nearly as packed. It's not nearly as hyped. But it's still just a rip roaring time. Um, I also camped out for tickets to the final um, basketball game of the year for the old Poly before it got renovated. Did you get the tickets? Yeah, got the tickets. Uh, camped out at six a.m. Uh, this is the dorms. We had the tents. It poured rain the whole Man, night. Our tent camping flooded. outside Poly was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. Yeah, I do. So to to wrap this all up, I'm going to ask one final question. Okay, you know, and we we've really we've really covered the ground today. I feel like you know, uh, from G to Oot or whatever that is for the gamut, cover the gamut. I don't know if you guys know that. That's why they call it the gamut. It's the one end one one end of the medieval scale to the other. Uh, the G to the Oot. This. Thank you, UCLA. Okay. If you could improve the college experience in five years' time, you know, and and try to be concise as possible, but what, what do you, what, what would you attack? How would you attack it? How do you think, what would your plan, your pitch, your elevator pitch as it were to, to improve the college experience in five years time? Danny. Uh, take whatever loans you're going to get and invest into drive-in movie theaters because I think <laughs> they're going to be in. <laughs> They're definitely going to come back after <laughs> they're, this. They're coming back. Wow. Oh, man. Um, That's fun. For colleges? Um, honestly, I'm going to stick with that answer. Sorry. But I, I don't... I don't... Fuck, I don't know. I don't know if I would be so confident in sending my kids or the next generation in five years' time into college. I'd say... No nah, man, we're we're going long on drive-ins. That's clearly the answer for all of us right now. I think. I mean, have you ever long been? They're fan. Just invest. Just invest the kids' yeah, college fund. Really. Tune uh... in via radio. Yep, I, I remember radios. <laughs> FM transmitter. Yeah, Mitch, you want it? What's what's your what's your pitch? You have? Do you have an idea? Do you have something? I don't have anything, man. Um, I think I think there should be more preparation before college i think we need to train our high schoolers better for what to expect and what to know how to figure out what they want from the real world so Mm -hmm. that college can be a more pointed experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, be more enriching than just say to get to the finish line yeah it's not just go to college and make friends and connections it's it's you know get what you need get out you know, have fun while you're there, hopefully, but get something that's really going to benefit you. Like I knew I wanted to be in the Hollywood world, but I would never have gone to college and I'm not shitting on anybody who does, but I wouldn't go to take acting classes at UCLA. You know, I I wanted a fallback. Not that Chinese was my fallback. Global studies was my fallback. Classic, Chinese, uh, Chinese was my fall, fallback. <laughs> I really fell down that hill. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Dave, Dave. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, 
I like what I said earlier. I think my biggest thing is like look into other paths, see if uh, a different route might make more sense for you without taking on a huge amount of debt up front in your life. But assuming you are going to do it uh, and you're already in college, I think the biggest thing college could do to improve is just tie in more uh, people involved in industry into the career tracks. And private schools do this to a great degree. You know, like uh, I think of Penn, I think of Harvard, like they, they do such amazing job of bringing back alumni who are successful in their field to talk about their experience in the field. Mm-hmm. And too often this is something that's reserved for like business courses and that kind of shit. But you could do it for science. Like have people that did your degree come back and talk about what they did, build more of that networking connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's infuriating when the prices for public school, like California were blessed to have some of the best public universities in the country. And they just do such a god awful job of linking the actual schooling to um, success in the field. As I say this, if my wife ever listens to this episode, she's probably going to kill me for trying to make any comments on the UC school system, given that she will <laughs> graduate with like, I don't know, eight degrees from UCLA by the time she's done. But that's what I do like, bring in more people from industry, get them mm-hmm. involved, um, get people to think about how the stuff they're studying is actually going to tie into their day to day lives. I think that's, I'm, you've all had great response. I mean, Danny's obviously leading the, you know, leading in first with the drive-in answer. That's clearly our way. Huge. This. I, it's clear no, I, got I think it's the right answer. I love, you know, I, I really do love what you said, uh, Mitch, about just making somehow the connection to the real world. Cause there's so many abruptness, there's so much abruptness, like once you graduate and then all of a sudden in like, you know, I, it's kind of absurd when you look back on it you know, and I've had these conversations privately with some of you that like, you don't ever get taught how to write a resume in college. Like it's, it's, it's kind of absurd that you don't like that. That doesn't, you know, just there's the simple things as Mitch said, like whether it's, cause I, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but in middle school, you know, we did, we took sewing classes and we took, you know, wood shop classes and I've never had to fabricate a keychain since then, but I would have loved to have done something along the lines of, you know, of, of like taxes and mortgages and, and things like that. And, these sort of, and I think that there is this chasm right now that exists between the, you know, sort of the fucking street knowledge, you know, that you pick up the real world bullshit and, and then what's going on in this, this sort of like facade of higher learning this, you know, it almost is a very sort of Greek, you know, like um, Socratean sort of idea where like, it's just these people like all gathered, like thinking about like expanding upon the universe or things like that. But the question is like, well, how do you bring that, back to what's you know to what reality is like how do you how do you transfer that over um i don't have i don't obviously have a a great idea for it but i i i think the one thing you have to do is you got to find a way to make it cheaper i think it's just it's there's obviously an inflation We've, we've talked about all the ways that this stuff has been inflated but i think you should never penalize your society for trying to be more educated and dave you're muted yeah So uh, there we that, have it. There we have it. Thank you. All right, guys. I'm going to leave you with a quote. I'm leave you with a quote, though. Can quote. we have a study and a quote, please? I actually fucking got one, you son of a bitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> you don't, don't worry about the study. I we do. can cut this in post. I, so the study, the study, uh, they, they did find on when they, when they looked at off-campus housing that colleges often um, sort of um, under... Uh, underestimated how much how expensive it was 
So when UCLA tries to recruit people, they say, well, it's going to cost this much. They underestimated the, the cost of living sort of on and off campus by nearly 42%. 42%? 42%. Uh, in Santa Barbara, was 53%, which... Well, that makes sense because they didn't take into account the amount of booze those people are drinking in Isla Vista. That's exactly. IV. But that does... When you think about college in terms of a business, it's a pretty bad business practice to sort of underestimate how much you know, the overall cost is going to be. So that's a nugget to chew on as well as this quote. As Albert Einstein said, education is what remains after one has forgotten what one has learned in school. There you go. It's All right, fitting. guys. That's it. That's our time. That's All right. Our time. Three men and a little late. Three men and a little late. Taking it downtown and-